Thank you, Luke, and Terry, and thank you, Nancy, for playing the piano for us every Sunday. Well, good morning and welcome to the Family Bible Hour once again. And I trust that all of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving Day holiday last Sunday and have had an opportunity to meet with family and friends to celebrate this special day of thanking the Lord for all that he has done. Always cognizant of the fact that everything we have has come to us by his grace and his grace alone. Last week, we were also very thankful for the message which our brother Chris Lee delivered on the topic of from to, and how when we come to know Christ, we are delivered from ignorance to knowledge, from darkness to light, and from despair to hope, etc., a very timely message for our day. Thank you, Chris. This morning, we are going to continue our study on the book of Exodus once again. And we'll be looking at Exodus chapter 11, verses 1 to 10, as our main text. It's a very short text, but a very important one nonetheless. So if you have your Bibles handy, would you please turn with me to Exodus chapter 11, and we'll read it through before we begin our message. Verse 1, And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards he will let you go hence. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. Speak now in the ears of the people, and let every man borrow of his neighbor, and every woman of her neighbor, jewels of silver and jewels of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these thy servants shall come down unto me, and bow down themselves unto me, saying, Get thee out, and all the people that follow thee, and after that I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in a great anger. And the Lord said unto Moses, 
Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh. And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his land. May God grant us his grace to understand the passage before us. But again, before we begin, let's bow for a word of prayer. Our Father and our God, we are thankful to be here again this morning to have another opportunity to open thy holy book and to read its sacred pages and to be able to discern what thy will is for each one of us here this morning through the story of Pharaoh and his hardened heart. Help us, Father, to understand the, this text and Lord that thou might be pleased even now to open our hearts so that we might be ready to receive thy word and to obey it for we always ask it in our Savior's name and for his glory Amen in our previous message on the book of Exodus we had examined chapter 10, verses 1 to 29, and had looked at the plagues of the locusts and the plague of darkness. Those were plagues numbers 8 and 9. And the important point to remember here is that God is always long-suffering, and though he may bring his hand of judgment to fall upon the wicked, we are told that he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Three times we read in the book of Ezekiel this revealing fact. Ezekiel 33 verse 11 says, As I liveth, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Then we also read in Ezekiel 18.32, For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live. And then again, in Ezekiel 18.23, Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, saith the Lord God, and not that he should return from his ways and live. God always desires repentance on the part of the sinner, and thus his judgment is sent to correct and to deter, unless, of course, the point of no return has been reached, as in the case of Pharaoh. Then God's hand of justice must be applied. And with the plague of locusts, we saw another false Egyptian deity fall. Senehem, the god of protection from the pests, followed by the plague of darkness, which effectively destroyed Egypt's most powerful god, Ra, the sun god. In each of these plagues, the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob demonstrated his lordship over this entire universe 
and over his creation. But because Pharaoh would not let Israel go, the plagues continued to increase in severity and power, culminating in the death of all the firstborn of Egypt, which we are going to look at in the next two messages, Lord willing. However, I would like to remind us that God had previously told Moses back in Exodus chapter 4, verse 23, that he, God, would eventually slay all the firstborn of Egypt and then Pharaoh would let Israel go. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. Exodus 4, 22-23. And yet there seems to be no record of Moses ever telling Pharaoh that this would ultimately happen until this chapter, chapter 11, after all the other plagues had been poured upon Egypt. Thus we come to the first verse of chapter 11. Now before we go much further, I would like to draw our attention to the last verse of chapter 10, verse 29. And Moses said, Thou hast spoken well, I will see thy face again no more. So chapter 11 is a continuation of the same scene as chapter 10. Moses is still standing in Pharaoh's presence after having uttered verse 29. And while Moses is still standing in Pharaoh's court, the Lord speaks to Moses the following verses. And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards he will let you go hence. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. Speak now in the ears of the people, and let every man borrow of his neighbor, and every woman of her neighbor, jewels of silver and jewels of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man, Moses, was very great in the land of Egypt in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. Please notice three things in this portion of Scripture. Number one, God now reaffirms to Moses that after the last plague, this plague of the death of all the firstborn of Egypt, Pharaoh will finally let Israel go. Not only that, but they will be thrust out, shoved, so to speak, shoved quickly out of the door without any hesitation or hindrance. Number two, Moses is to speak to the people Israel when he leaves Pharaoh's court to borrow from the Egyptian people jewels of silver and jewels of gold. In other words, this was going to be Israel's wages 
for all the years of slavery in which they were paid no wages. And as we will read later on in Exodus 12:36, Israel did indeed spoil the Egyptians. There was so much gold and so much silver given to them that there would be more than enough to build the tabernacle and all its furniture later on. Number three, God would magnify Moses in the sight of all the Egyptian people so that they would do whatever is asked of them. They would, so to speak, be so eager to rid themselves of Israel that they would give all that they had to make it happen. All this, of course, was spiritually revealed to Moses while he stood before Pharaoh. Then in verse 4, Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. Moses clearly articulates to rebellious Pharaoh what the next and last plague shall be, the death of all of Egypt's firstborn, both of men and of beasts. And it will start with your firstborn son, Pharaoh, There will be such sorrow and weeping throughout the land of Egypt as never before or as never will there be again anywhere else. But, verse 7, But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. There will be no doubt that God is speaking through Moses. It will be exactly at midnight that all of this will begin. Verse 4. No Egyptian will be spared. But in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel resided, will God put a difference between the Egyptians and the children of Israel. The dogs won't even make a sound. Now this too is extremely important, often unobserved by people who do not own dogs. But dogs are extremely sensitive to evil lurking in the dark or movements of the supernatural. They, by their barking and erratic behavior, are a warning that danger is at hand. But where Israel dwelt, There would be no destroying angels of death drawing their swords against the children of Israel so that even the dogs would be sleeping quietly through the night. Furthermore, says Moses in verse 8, And all these thy servants shall come down unto me and bow down themselves unto me, saying, Get thee out, and all the people that follow thee And after that, I will go out. This would be a complete vindication for the people of Israel. Once and for all, God 
would reveal his complete power over life and death. He would answer thoroughly Pharaoh's question in Exodus 5, verse 2. Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? All of Egypt will bow down before Moses, begging him to leave Egypt and to take with him all those who belong to him and follow him. Verse 8. Then we read in the last part of that verse that he, Moses, went out from Pharaoh in a great anger. We can only imagine how grieved Moses must have been for the firstborn of the Egyptians. Remember how close Moses was to losing his own firstborn in Exodus 4.24 and even his own life. But because of his wife's quick intervention in circumcising his son, God spared both Moses' life and his son's. And that fear, that dread in his soul, might still have been fresh in his mind as he considered the terrible grief and sorrow that was to befall Egypt. And all of this could have been avoided had it not been for the rebellion and stubbornness of Pharaoh. Because of his stupidity, all of Egypt has suffered. And yet we are no different than Pharaoh, are we? Many a times because of our own stupidity, because of our own ignorance or stubbornness, our actions too have brought great grief and sorrow to others. And oh, how we need to learn from this and to cleave to the Lord and his word so that we do not continue to trouble the hearts of our people. We need to constantly guard against a bitter spirit and a proud attitude. Otherwise, the old man will soon seize control of the ship. And so the chapter ends on a very tragic note once again with verses 9 and 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his land. Even the final threat, that of losing his firstborn son, at this stage would not deter Pharaoh's rebellion. And sometimes God must harden the heart of a sinner when that sinner continually has rejected God's grace and God's pleas. And sometimes that rebellion in a person's heart is so deep and so entrenched that not only is his or her conscience seared, but he or she has reached the point of no return. And God who knows the heart and our every thought, alone knows when that soul reaches such a point. And it is at that point that God sadly must blot the name out of the book of life. 
And thus we come to the end of our sermon for this morning. A short chapter, but quite representative of our own life. It too is quite short in comparison to eternity. That is why I must ask you this question. Have you hardened your heart against the God of the Bible? Though you may not have done so in the same way that Pharaoh did, but have you hardened it to God's leading you in a certain path? Have you neglected him in your daily routines? Do you spend time regularly with him in prayer? Do you read his word daily to see what he would have you to do? Do you meet regularly with the saints on the Lord's Day to praise and to worship him and to thank him for all that he has done for us? If not, why not? What is stopping you from doing it? Well, I pray that everyone here this morning truly desires to have the Lord to dwell richly in their hearts. Remember 1 Samuel 2.20 For them that honor me, I will honor. And them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Let's pray. Father, we thank thee so much for allowing us to be here this morning. To once again remember the Lord Jesus Christ and all that he has accomplished in our stead. And Lord, what a joy it will be one day to see him face to face as he really is. And thy word teaches that when we see him that day, we shall all be like him. And so, Father, we pray that as we continue to wait for our Savior's return, as we continue to occupy until he comes back, that thy grace will be more than sufficient to keep us in him and walking in him and all that we do to do to the glory of our Savior. Part us now with thy blessings, we pray, and if the Lord be not come, may it please thee once again to bring us all together around his table next Lord's Day. For we ask it in his name and for his glory. Amen.